Good day to you, fine people of God. I'm Pastor Cole McClendon coming to you from Central Assembly of God, Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. I trust that you will find great value in listening to this message today. My hope is that you're encouraged and strengthened by the word given and that you will return to this site frequently to listen in. Be blessed. My message is titled, The Power of Faith. And you can follow along in the notes. If you have our app, you can, of course, do the notes in the app, The Power of Faith. And this, I told you earlier that this is building to this moment. This message has a, has a big finish. Most of us take pleasure in examples of smaller, seemingly weak, triumphing over the large, greater, powerful. When the little guy wins over the big guy, such as David and Goliath, Martin Luther and the Catholic Church, even in non-spiritual things like you know, local shops in smaller towns and they somehow manage to keep Walmart at bay or they're able to stay open and have a, their, their ministry and work is solid and strong or not their ministry, but their business is solid and strong in spite of having a huge conglomerate like a Walmart come in and take over. And it's happened. It's happened all over the United States where Walmart has moved in and the little town squares are, decimated and they just can't keep up with it because they can't make their prices as low as they do. And the reason we're encouraged by when those things happen is because it makes us feel good like maybe we have a chance. If, if they can do it, I can do it. If they can win, I can win. And so I have this little live illustration for you this morning. Up here I have a magnet. And right here on this stool, on the top of this stool, is a paper clip. And you all know what will happen if I place the magnet near the paper clip. Those of you who are hidden, you can't quite see through there, you know what's going to happen. I'm describing it for you. But that that magnet will pick that paper clip up with no issue. It's no problem, no concern for this magnet to pick up the paper clip. And, and you're going to think when you see that, well, that's no big deal. Of course we knew that would happen, Pastor. But what you're not seeing in this process, what is unseen in this process, is that everything that makes something fall to the ground is in play right now. Everything. And the reason that's in play is because of the gravitational pull of the earth. So if I turn loose of this paperclip, it's going to the ground immediately without hesitation. And yet I can take this tiny little magnet up against all of the gravitational pull of the entire globe. The magnet defeats the forces of the entire earth pulling this paperclip down.
Why would I give you that kind of an illustration? Because it makes me think of how much faith is just like that little magnet. While there may be tremendous forces working against our faith, it only takes a small portion of it to accomplish the most amazing things. Compared to the size of the earth, this magnet is nothing. The earth is billions, trillions of times larger than this magnet. Trillions of times. Maybe even bigger numbers than that. And yet, it can defeat the power of the earth holding that paperclip to the ground. I want you to turn with me in the scriptures to Matthew 17, verse 14. I have them, of course, for those of you who are watching in-house. In this is the New Living Trans Translation of Matthew 17, 14 through 20, and it reads like this. At the foot of the mountain, a large crowd was waiting for them. A man came and knelt before Jesus and said, Lord, have mercy on my son. He has seizures and suffers terribly. He often falls into the fire or into the water. So I brought him to your disciples, but they couldn't heal him. Jesus said, you faithless and corrupt people, how long must I be with you? How long must I put up with you? Bring the boy here to me. And then Jesus rebuked the demon in the boy and, he, and it left him. From that moment, the boy was well. Afterwards, the disciples asked Jesus privately, why couldn't we cast out that demon? You don't have enough faith, Jesus told them. I tell you the truth, if you had faith, even as small as a mustard seed, you could say to this mountain, move from here to there and it wouldn't move, nothing would be impossible. So let me do this. Let me set the scene first. We'll look at this biblical scenario for context. You always need to discover context when you're in the Word of God. It's so vital and important to understanding what's happening in the scene. People who take the scriptures out of context mess up the intent of the Word. So Jesus and his disciples have just come down from a mountain in Galilee. Now I need to pause here in a few places right now and, and just give you something that you can build on and that will help you with your walk with God. But isn't it like that for us? Oftentimes, You'll have a mountaintop experience with the Lord. You come away from a huge weekend, a conference, and, and whammo, Satan throws something in your path, and you get hit with it, and it hurts all over, spiritually, physically, mentally, emotionally. It hurts. That's when the enemy attacks us. Now, sure, he'll attack you when you're vulnerable or weak and, uh, as well, but he, he, he just seems like you can get into a real good place but get messed up shortly thereafter. Now, they probably spent the night there because they were 
They intentionally were trying to get away from the crowds. It was like that for Jesus. Jesus is like that. Isn't it interesting that people always wanted to be around Jesus? Would to God that it was like that for us. That people always wanted to be around us. Because we represent Jesus, right? Wished it was that way for us. That, that people always wanted to be around us. Not always the case. As soon as they enter the village, a crowd begins to gather and problems develop. That's the way that works. You get a crowd of people together and somebody's bound to, somebody's bound to mess things up, right? This story is found in Matthew and Luke. But it's the Mark passage that has the most detail. And I haven't asked you to turn there. I won't because I had to plan for this in the study and as I was preparing for the message. And, but Mark provides us with a little detail and I'll use that detail as I move along here. Seems from Mark's passage that Jesus interrupts an argument between the Pharisees and his disciples. Something was going on. When Jesus enters the picture and as Mark describes it and, 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 and there's this argument going on and I want to again do one of those pauses where I look at something else that's a, a part of this message. Could it be that oft times we're fighting the wrong battles? Could it be that we're in the middle of, we want to argue our point while somebody on the other side is hurting? And all we're concerned about is looking good or we're, you know, we claim that we're doing it for Jesus because we want his word to shine. We want people to understand the truth. Sometimes we're, we're so engaged in the process of making the truth well known that we can hurt some people or do damage to the kingdom. Is it possible that we're defending ourselves when we suppose it's all about Jesus? But the reality is you're trying to preserve your own appearance. You're, you're concerned most about looking good. But we're saying it's about Jesus. I just throw that in for free. So what does Jesus do? He comes in and he says, what are you guys discussing with them? What are you discussing with these guys? You're not prepared for this argument. Fact is, you're, you're having the wrong argument. And so, here's what happens. The man begins to explain his son's problem. At the heart of this is a man whose son is suffering. I want you to catch that now. Let, let me bring it down to earth for all of you. You may be fully engaged in what you think is what's important, most important, and arguing your point, and you can't help yourself because there are a load of influences causing you to bring this argument. But I want you to remember something. On the other side of that problem is a person.
This is a good place for me to also say it, to say it this way, because it's a contemporary issue that every single one of us in this room have faced or do face on some level or form or fashion. And it's the issue of, of, of the gay lifestyle, homosexuality and such. And I want you to be careful as you embark on the argument trying to defend even the biblical position, be careful that there's a person on the other side in pain, whether it be a parent of a child who's struggling with these issues or it, it is the person themselves that you're talking to or somebody that somebody loves and you're interested in making your point while you trample over somebody's hurt and pain. I, don't worry, folks. I stand on the biblical position. So this isn't me giving you some kind of an excuse to think, oh, what's happening with that preacher now? Has he gone soft on this issue? No, my position's still the same. But I also am a pastor, and I know that at the heart of every problem is a person. So keep the issue, the issue. You still with me? I counsel couples. When they're fighting, I tell them, wait a minute, wait a minute. Keep the issue, the issue. Stop attacking each other. That's what couples do. I premarital counsel, I do this, but I still, I'm going to have to see them because they're, they're going to fall in the trap. You never put your clothes away. You take them off and throw them on the floor. Would it hurt you to open the door and just throw them in the hamper? Is that too much to ask? You never do it. Not true, but that's the emphasis, how we emphasize it. You're always leaving your shoes right out in the middle. She, I'm telling you, pastor, every time I trip over her shoes, there's a closet for the shoes. She doesn't put them in there. She never puts the shoes in the closet. So I got to get up in the middle of the night. I'm trying to go to the bathroom. I'm tripping over her shoes. It ain't right. But you hear the you always and you never? We're trying to make our point, but we end up attacking the person instead of the issue. The issue is negligence. The issue is lack of care or concern. The issue is being in too big of a hurry. You got something else to do, and so you just drop them and go. Do your thing, what's convenient for you. And so I say all of this to to ask you to be mindful. Listen, at the heart of this is a man whose son is suffering. The boy himself is bound by something he can't control and the father is upset and embarrassed. It's affected his life. Imagine for a moment what it was like for this father watching his son struggle. The embarrassment and the stigma, the general asking him, what have I done to deserve this? 
I've spent a whole lot of time at this, up to this point describing this story for you because Jesus responds in a way that's confusing to most of us. Jesus responds. It's a confusing manner in the way he responds because Jesus reacts with clear impatience and irritability. He, he does. I, I'm not trying to put something on the word that's not there. You can't read this and deny that's exactly what's seen in this passage. And one could argue that his irritability was di directed equally at the religious leaders as well as his own disciples. You could argue that. He uses this words, these words and this terminology. You, he calls them faithless and corrupt in the Matthew passage. Faithless and corrupt. And while we as believers ourselves, wouldn't want to necessarily apply corrupt to the disciples. Their minds were corrupted by faithlessness. There was some corruption. And so when Jesus makes the statement, you, your faith is corrupted. What are you talking about, preacher? You don't know me. Oh, your faith is corrupted. Otherwise, you'd never have a problem. And I ain't heard about any of you moving mountains lately. Actual mountains. I, I know. I know you win battles. I know that you're successful. I know that God has provided. I know that. But I also know that you stumble. Because your faith is corrupted. It's not pure. Like Jesus was trying to proclaim here wonder if your faith is corrupted. However, it would seem unduly harsh looking at the passage if Jesus were referring to his own disciples as unbelieving. Right? That'd be a little harsh. Because after all, they left everything that was familiar with them to follow Jesus. Their homes, their families, their businesses, all of them left that to follow Jesus and they've been with him for a little while now so clearly when using statements like unbelieving and perverted you know he's referring to the scribes and Pharisees right having said that you all know that Jesus wasn't always sweet right I hate to burst any bubbles but you do know this right Jesus was not always sweet, gentle, holding the lamb in his arms. Nope, not always. I mean, you can't make the statements that he makes here and act like he's sweet and gentle. How long do I have to put up? How long do I have to put up with you? Corrupt, perverted people. No. It's not how that comes out. It's not how it works. The religious leaders were often perverting what Jesus said and did to fulfill their own agenda. That's what took him to the cross. I'm glad he got it. Doesn't that sound familiar? We live in an age where everything is perverted for an agenda, somebody's agenda. 
You cannot watch, I don't care what news organization, you cannot watch it without some perversion for an agenda. Cannot. There's no such thing. I don't believe it. I don't care who they are, Christian, non-Christian, they have a bias. We're human. You have bias. You cannot act like you have no bias. You're coming from a platform of belief and you want what you see and hear to measure up to your belief. You're already pre-established feeling. And so that's what they brought to this in these religious people. Scribes and Pharisees were perverting what Jesus was there to do. Remember, they're the ones that called him and said, you, you cast out devil. You cast out devils by the power of the devil. And we know what Jesus said in response, but that's, if you say that, that means you're thinking that. So I've laid out the scene. Now let's look at the problem. This man brings his son to Jesus' disciples. He asked them to heal him and of course they can't they can't heal him amazingly it is amazing at least to me that this man knows his son is possessed with a spirit in fact he goes on to say that it's an evil spirit that robs him of his speech and makes him do some crazy things And after explaining that, he goes on to say, I told your disciples to cast it out, but they could not. Could not do it. I asked them, but they could not. That is the problem with today's church. We often promote a God of power, but deliver a weak and faithless pseudo-God. I know that's harsh. I want you to get it, though. I want you to understand it. We, we promote a God of power. But what is the God we deliver? We're good at talking the talk. We cannot walk. God is good all the time. We, I, I, I say it myself, so please understand there's no sort of pride or such in this, but there are times when it's hard to say God's good all the time. I'll say it for you. You don't have to say it. You don't even have to agree with me. I'll just say it for you. I know it's hard sometimes. But I'll say it to you all this way. Let the world struggle with their own deception with one another. But don't let the church or Christ be maligned because of our weakness. They can struggle with how they think things are for us. But don't, don't let anyone struggle because of our weaknesses. So the real problem emerges with the Father. He makes it plain. 
This man knows his son is possessed, but he has no grasp of faith. This is what he does. He says, I told your disciples, and they could not do it. Let, let, me, let me restate it. I told your disciples, and they could not do it. Get the difference there in the emphasis? I told your disciples, and they could not do it. You see what's going on here is he told the wrong people who weren't yet hooked up to the right source. Yeah, but they're disciples. Yeah, they were following Jesus. How long do I put up with your lack of faith? He's talking to the disciples. He's not talking to the Pharisees at that moment. When he makes that statement, that's to his own. How long? Will I put up with this? How long must I put up with this? You've been with me this long. You still don't get it. You were up the mountain with me just last night, but you don't have what I got on the mountain. So this man did not know how to direct his faith. He didn't know. He was going to the wrong source for his problem to be solved. I told your disciples and they could not do it. Of course, they could not do it. They weren't yet hooked up. How many of you, don't say amen, are not yet quite hooked up? Because you couldn't cast them out either. I know a few of you could. Mark chapter 9 verse 22 reads this way. Have mercy on us. And help us, if you can. <laughs> That's what the man said to Jesus. What do you mean if I can, Jesus asked. He's still a little irritated. What do you mean? Why would you bring him to me if you're wondering if I can do something about it? Why would you bother? What do you mean if I can't, Jesus asked. Anything is possible if a person believes. And the father instantly cried out, I do believe but help me overcome my unbelief. Most of us have been right where this man is in this moment. Is that anybody besides Albert on the front row that would say yes to that? I would dare say that most of you are there right now as you encounter your next problem, mountain, struggle. I believe. But that unbelief keeps creeping in. I know I can move a mountain. You said I can move a mountain. I believe what you say, and yet I got a mountain. We encounter mountains of horrific proportions. That's the problem. Mountains of physical handicaps and illnesses that come at us and we weren't expecting them. We thought we were better than that. We believed that we could live our lives and not have those same struggles. We fight mountains of sin standing in our way. I'm talking to somebody right now. 
mountains of sin standing in the way. I believe. I know you can take this out of me, Lord. My attraction to this, this sin it's bogged me down. It's stolen from me. It's taken much from my life. I don't like it. I'd like to be rid of it, but I don't know how. I'm just like the Father. Help my unbelief. We have many things that will make you scratch your head because it defies logic for you, spiritually speaking. I shouldn't have to fight this fight. I should be better than this. I should have overcome this already. And there you have, you've fallen into that same sin you did five years ago. Loving Jesus even more today. And you fell right in it. We face obstructions that are in the way of serving God. I'm talking about the problem now. The, the father says, I, I have this, my son, I love my son. I don't know what I did. I don't know how he got this, but I know this is the problem. He's thrown into the fire. I don't even care about my embarrassment. I just know he's my son. I love my son. I want him delivered from this. We face people all around us who fight the gospel. It's a problem. And it, and it robs us of our faith. The disciples, now, who, they've been with Jesus for some while at this point. They couldn't help the man. You think, how is it that I, I can't handle this issue? How is it that I, I've been walking with Jesus for years. How come I can't handle this issue? They were with Jesus himself. They walked with Jesus himself. My goodness, they just came off the mountain with Jesus. They've been with him now for a while. This wasn't just fresh. This wasn't just a new thing for them. They weren't in this spot and uh, they've never been in anything like it. No, they'd been with Jesus. They watched him heal the sick. They watched him cause the blind to see. They've seen this happen before their very eyes. And yet, they couldn't help the man. So, so if you sit here this morning and your mountain is causing you more pain you thought you should be better than this. You thought it should go different than this. Maybe you're sitting there today and it looks like the same as it did the last time you faced this bitter battle. Help my unbelief. My belief system has been perverted. I need your help, Jesus. Apparently, their faith was untried. They may have been caught off guard. Let me explain that. Guy comes down, says, I got this problem. He's talking to Peter. He said, my son, he's got a demon. Peter says, Peter says, hold on. I got this. I got this. I'll pray for him. This is going to change John says, well, hold on a minute, hold on a minute. James, you get your brothers, and you, you uh, get, some, get somebody, you stand here, I'm going to lay hands on them because you need to be a catcher. James says, wait a minute, 
How is it you get to be the one that lays hands on him? I got my anointing oil that came all the way from Mount Moriah. I got this thing figured out now. Let me add him. Being no catcher for you. You're my brother, but I ain't doing this. Now, and then Thomas, of course, he's on the sidelines saying, you guys, I doubt any of you can do any of this. We better get the big guns. Take them to Jesus. Let's get this figured out. That's Thomas. But you know how we do, right? We, we, it's not in how loud you yell. It's not how you place your hands and you rub and you're all on them like this. Oh, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Yeah, you know, like we're giving them a massage in Jesus' name. Some of y'all watch Pastor Amy. She gets all up in their face and you'll be, you'll hear her. She'll go, whoa. And you think she's pushing them, but she has an expectation when she does what she does. The Holy Ghost is on her and you look like she's pushing them, but she ain't. Jesus has an expectation on the Holy Ghost, but whether you see that or not or think that and that's how you got to do it, that isn't how it works. All of that stuff is the sideline stuff that's just human. It don't matter. You know, this, I know, I know how I am. Right now, I'm still yelling. And I don't have any real need to. But I, I, you understand, that's not what makes it happen. It isn't that I can name every part of the issue that we're praying over. All the ligaments and every connective tissue, the muscles, Lord, get right down to the cells, go into the DNA. Jesus doesn't need all that. He just needs you to believe. talked about the scene we've got the problem at hand you want the solution don't you yes. here it is Matthew 17 20 and 21 read this way you don't have enough faith Jesus told them I tell you the truth if you had faith even as small as a mustard seed you could say to this mountain move from here to there and it would move nothing would be impossible So, what's our solution? It's like the magnet. A little faith can do some big things. Can do a lot of good. A little faith can move a mountain of need. The answer is in the fact that the power is not in the faith, but in God who gives the faith. You make that sound easy, preacher, but it's just not that easy. It's as easy of this magnet defeating the entire gravitational pull of the earth. That which keeps that 
paperclip in my hand is defeated by this tiny magnet. The vastness of the entire earth is against this magnet being effective. The entire earth, zillions of times bigger than this magnet, still can't stop. Or it can, actually. The magnet stops the gravitational force from preventing it staying down. And I want you to have that same power. Somehow, we must come to an understanding of how big our God is. We must come to that understanding. Amazingly, God chooses to use his believing people to accomplish his purpose in the world. I say it that way because I mean it that way. Amazingly, God chooses to use you. He does. It was God's decision to use you. Little old you. Tina from the south side of Allentown. Be Allentown, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, I cursed her just then, didn't I? That was bad. She's not from Al Allentown. There's a south side, but south side Allentown, and they're, they're worse than the south side Bethlehem, so I understand why you would, that would be a problem. Here's what I want you to get. I told you it was a big finish, but you got to get this. So wait for the second point before you take your picture of this slide if you're not writing the notes. But here it is. Little people with little ed reputation, little education, and no political clout who through faith and persistence turn the course of history. Little people. So I don't know what your view is of yourself. But sometimes, little people with little clout, even a bad reputation and no political clout, who through faith and persistence turn the course of history. I got somebody in mind. I'm thinking of somebody right now. Because there's somebody like that in your Bible. Somebody just like that in your Bible that changed the course of a nation and set the tone for all of eternity by a decision she made, and her name is Rahab. One right decision on a fateful night to believe the word of two spies that said, we serve a God who is bringing us into this territory. And she, who not only had a bad, she didn't just have no reputation, she had a bad reputation. That alone was the very reason she would even entertain these two spies. But by faith, she said, you know what? I believe you. And she not only changed her destiny, she changed the destiny of her entire family. 
because her father and her mother and her children, her brothers, they were all rescued because she said, I believe you. I believe that God is real. I believe that he can and will. And because of that, she is honored in the hallowed halls of the heroes of the faith in Hebrews chapter 11. Hear what it says of her. It was by faith that Rahab the prostitute. Do you hear that? Rahab the prostitute. And he's only saying that because that's what she was when the spies arrived at their house, at her house. Talk about being in the right place at the right time. She had the right house in the right place at the right time. And God showed up and, and was not destroyed with the people in her city who refused to obey God. For she had given a friendly welcome to the spies. She didn't just change the course of her life. She didn't just change the course of her family's life. She changed the course of an entire nation. And because of that, she's connected to Ruth, who's connected to David, the king, who's connected to Jesus, genealogically. Rahab. Rahab. I'm Remember what it says there? Rahab the prostitute is now named in this hallowed halls alongside of Abraham and Noah. There's Rahab. So tell me what you can't do by faith, and I will tell you, remember Rahab and what you can do by faith. She's honored in those hallowed halls. So don't be discouraged by big problems or big obstacles. Rather, be encouraged in your big God and great opportunities with little faith. You go home today and not just today, but tomorrow and next week and you encounter some big obstacle, some great struggle. Remember your big God. And this magnet and that paper clip. Because with just a little faith, this little magnet represents that little faith transforms the gravitational pull of the entire earth. It transforms it. That's what your faith will do. Jesus said, if you have faith as a grain of mustard, just that little seed, you can say to a mountain, be moved, and it must obey. So remember the magnet. Trust God, and you can be a powerful force for good. Would you stand to your feet? I've already called people to Jesus. But I want to call believers to faith now.
I know it's a holiday weekend and you may have big plans for the day and thank the Lord the rain has stopped and tomorrow should be a great day. I wonder if you'll give a little time though to yourself. If you're standing at that moment and the spies have approached you and have said, we serve a big God and your situation is deep and dark and it's a struggle. You're staring at a mountain and you're like the Father and you would say, I help my unbelief. I believe. Who's here right now? And you'd say, that's me, preacher. I don't, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hands. I'm going to ask you if you would come right now to the altars. Just come. Maria, maybe you could play something gently there from the computer for us, please. Come on. Who would say, I have a mountain of need? I'm facing something that's more than I can handle. Come on. I don't know how I'm going to get through it. I believe, but help my unbelief. situation or your circumstance. It doesn't matter why you come forward. We're here to support you. I'm just pausing for a moment, giving all of you an opportunity. Say, I, I'm looking at a mountain. And it's more than I can handle. I believe. Help my unbelief. You're walking down because you're saying, help my unbelief. I'm not declaring you have no faith. I'm declaring like the disciples, you're trying to figure a way through this. If there's nobody else coming, I'm going to move to prayer. I don't want you to miss your chance. Here's what I need. that are overcomers and their deaconesses I want you to come stand Make his guys with guys a few of our ladies I need be to come on come on Sandra Remember, behind every person that you see here, or every problem represented here, there's a person that's breathing. Would you stand with them right now? Would you stand with them in faith? Come on, Brenda Cordero, come stand with this sister right now. Thank you, Jesus, for deliverance. Thank you for setting captives free. Amen. Amen. 
every single one of these, Lord. Every single one of these. In the name of Jesus, you know them, Lord. You know them, Lord. You know their story. You know their situation. And God, I thank you that the power that is necessary is manifested right now to deliver them in this moment. That just like that child who had been gripped by this demonic intrusion, whatever the nature of the circumstance is, Lord, set them free. Set them free, Jesus. Set them free, Jesus. Bring them through, precious Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Bless him, Jesus. Bless him, Lord. Whatever the circumstance, whatever the situation. Wait on him. Wait on him. He's here right now. Wait on him. Wait on him. That's the Holy Ghost. He's here right now. He's here right now. Come on. Come on. Yield to him. And your family and your children. Pray with that. Dylan. And their children. And their children. And a thousand. Thank you, Lord. There's no one alone here. There's no one. There's no one. There's no one. There's no situation that's too much. There's no one. No one, Lord Jesus. (laughs) Come on. Come on. That's the Holy Ghost right now. He's going to show up. He's going to show up. He's here. He's here to meet with you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. No mountain too high. No situation too much. There's nothing. No one. No one is situation that's too much. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. God, you're more than enough. You supply everything. You are the breakthrough, Lord. Take a, your big old eraser, Lord, and erase the mess. Throw out the turmoil. Build and strengthen these lives, Lord. These lives, Lord. Build Strengthen them, Lord Jesus. Strengthen them, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, I know these represent some mountains, some 
serious struggles. God, you're more than enough. Nothing you won't deliver them through. Nothing you can pull them through. Thank you, sweet Jesus. Help them. Bless them, Jesus. Bless them, Jesus. Bless them, Jesus. Bless them, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. God, I thank you that as we stand here right now, that we stand here on a new day with fresh vision, knowing, God, that we can get through this. There's no mountain or cause or situation too great that we can't. On the contrary, Lord, we're going through. We're going through. We're going through. We're going through, Lord Jesus. Always been the fire, the refiner. So everybody look at me that's standing up here now if you can. What do you need to clean? If the altar's where you're standing up here. Take me there, take me there. So Rahab had to put a flag out on her house whenever the troops came. My life is here, and I'll be a Whatever you need to use to represent that in your life, I want you to understand something about this scenario. She was delivered through the battle. Right? It's not like she didn't see the forces. It's not like she didn't have to convince some family members because you know how people are. You have family. She had to convince some family members that this wall may look impenetrable, but it is. It's coming down. It's, it's going to be destroyed, and we have to put our faith in God. You're at that spot right now. So you're putting your faith in God. Wave the flag. Do what you got to do. Put something out there that represents, Lord, I'm putting my confidence in you right now. Lord, I believe you. Post a scripture up on you. Nothing is impossible with God. Put it on your fridge. Put it on your mirror. Nothing is impossible with God. Nothing. And you name your thing, whatever your thing is. This is possible, Lord. I thank you I'm going through. I'm not just tolerating it. I'm not just riding the wave. I'm going through with victory. In Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, say it. I got the victory. Confess it now. I got the victory. Hallelujah. Y'all have a blessed day and a blessed weekend. We love you. Thank you for joining us online. You can always send a comment to us if you joined us online or however. We'll do our best to get back to you. God bless you. Purify my heart. I want to burn.
I hope you've enjoyed today's message and that it has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening in. If you have met Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, would you please connect with us either at our website, www.centralfamily.net, or perhaps give us a call at 610-865-0577. We'd love to hear from you. Also, if this has been that kind of a blessing to you, would you consider blessing us with a financial gift to make it possible for us to continue to do what we're doing here and taking the gospel, not only to the Lehigh Valley, but around the world. We want to do our part in reaching the people that God has entrusted to us with the gospel of Jesus Christ. You can help us with your financial gift or sowing a seed to this ministry. God bless you. Have an amazing day. Remember, you can reach us and give through www.centralfamily.net.